Jared looks like a lunch lady at a women's prison. No! You look like if Limp Biscuit was a Christian rock group and only sang about faith. What is about my vibes putting up Christian shit? Oh no, I lost a wired headphone. If only I had a company like Raycon sponsoring today's episode. Raycon, I need headphones. Hey guys, welcome to Unloading Meat, episode 11. Surprise bonus drop! Yeah, uh, we wanted to get this episode out there as soon as possible. Uh, today's guest is the one and only Brian Bizjack, the host of the Insult Attack show. That's coming up this Friday the 14th at Renaissance Brewing Company. Uh, Brian was gracious enough to invite me back as a as a uh, guest roaster or one of the participants, and I thought we would have him tonight, or today, I'm sorry, on this show to help promote it. So, guys, sit back, relax, enjoy my conversation with the one and only Brian Bizjack. And if you like it, make sure to please like, share, subscribe. Help me unload that meat. All right, guys, my next guest is the host of the Insult Attack show and one of the funniest comedians I've seen in the Tulsa area, man. Please give it up for Brian Bizjack. What's up, Brian? Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me on Unloading Meat, Jared. Welcome to the show, man. Uh, I just want to say, <clears throat> the Insult Attack show, I did it last month. Uh, that would be March by the time we film this and get this put out. One of the best shows I've done. Uh, and I know I haven't done that many. <laughs> but I just want to say, man, I had a, a lot of fun the last time I did it. And I look forward to this April 14th when we get out the next one. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I had a lot of fun, man. It was a great experience. Great crowd. Uh, Renaissance Brewing Company was awesome. Great yeah. venue. Yeah, we've been really fortunate. They We've always been doing it at Renaissance Brewing Company. And they originally had us back in their tank room where they do the actual brewing, which is a really cool space. But then back in like November of 2019, they got that side room all fixed up. And it's a very, very nice room. So we started doing it from that room at that point. Yeah, it was just a great experience. I mean, I really liked the room. I liked the the lighting of it. It was great for filming. I mean, it just all around. It was just a great venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I look forward to it. Uh, guys, we're doing this bonus episode, getting it out. Uh, this will be out the week of the next insult attack. So April 14th, 8, 8 p.m., right? Yep. 8 p.m., uh, Renaissance Brewing Company. Make sure you guys come out and support Tulsa Comedy. That's why we're putting out this episode. And Brian is the host. Uh, Brian, again... It's a hilarious place. I can't wait to do it this Friday. Or yeah, when this comes out, it'll be this Friday. Yeah, it should be a good time. We've we've been doing we've done almost like 40 of these because we started January oh, wow. 2019. So it's been it's been monthly. And then obviously we took some time off in 2020. But yeah, when I did the math a while back, I was like, oh my gosh, we've done almost 40 of these. And yeah, they're they're almost all of them have been a really good time. I mean, it's it we've had some really wild ones that have just been an absolute blast. When that room gets full and the battles are exciting and people are just really hitting each other, it can be incredibly. How long have you been doing comedy in total? I, I, I'm, this is my fourth year. So it's been about four and a half years now of consistently 
doing comedy through open mics and doing shows and insult attacks. So when people ask how long I've been doing it, I, I tell them four years. Nice. Uh, and then you also, I've seen you uh, co-host the like the open mics, like the the Hunt Club, is a couple times. Yes, yeah. Sometimes I've I've been asked to help co-host Hunt Club in the past. I think I've, I've co-hosted a Hunt Club open mic twice. Which that's a really fun open mic. I really enjoy going to that one. Yeah, I, I'm just so happy with the Tulsa scene exploding. Like it, it's like there's so many venues, there's so many things coming out right now, and it's just it's great to see the support and the community kind of grow, uh, and just seeing this massive explosion of talent that we're seeing in this area. I mean, that's honestly what launched this show was me trying to figure out what this was going to be for a one person podcast and a two person podcast, and then it kind of exploded, turned into let's show and put a spotlight on Tulsa talent. And let's really just make sure that we can kind of get everybody in here and give them an hour and just kind of give them a spotlight and show everybody the entertainers, the burlesque dancers, the comedians. There's so much talent in Tulsa, man. And I, I, again, I get, I love that you're doing the roast section at, at the insult attack because there's another section of that. That's just, I don't think anybody else is doing anything like what you guys are doing. Yes, that's correct. We're the only roast show. Before I started Insult Attack, there were roast shows that would happen, but they weren't regularly scheduled. They were kind of sporadic, and I wanted to have something that that was going to be monthly and that anyone who wanted to do it could do it. The other shows, you had to be invited or like know the person or whatever, so yeah. it seemed like not very many people were getting a chance to do it. So what I wanted to do with Insult Attack was create a monthly show where anyone who signs up can be a roaster. I'll let him. I'll let him go for it. I like it, man. And the 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 uh, where am I going? The, the uh, not the layout, but the way that you have it set up uh, with the different the format, the format with the judges and everything, and the revolving door of the guest judges and stuff like that. It just it, like I said, I can't talk enough. It's just it's a fun night. And again, the next one, guys, will be April fourteenth at eight p.m. Make sure you can come out and support. And it's free. Uh, it's free to. It's free to come watch. It's free and great beer. And great drinks at the Renaissance Brewing Company. Uh, yeah, some pretty great beer. Uh, who is going to be on the, the roster this <clears throat> the 14th, if you don't mind? I mean, I'm sure you got the list. Yep. Yes, it's going to be Alex Horner, you, Rachel Rose, Sarah Buntain, and Zach Amon. So we may nice. have a few more people, but it's probably that's those five are, I think, for sure going to be able to make it. And then maybe one or two others, depending on what their availability is the week of. And all of them. <clears throat> have either been on or are have already filmed or are booked for unloading meat too. So, uh, oh, okay. so it's a great, uh, community we have here. I'm, I'm really happy that we're, we're getting everybody on and it's just, it, it's just, it's just cool. I love that this is all happening so fast. Uh, not just, you know, just on my side, but also like you guys have been doing your thing and it's kind of neat seeing everybody's different projects kind of bloom and prosper. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff going on that people can be a part of. And the scene the scene now is a lot more welcoming to newcomers yeah. than I think it was in the past, at least when I was starting. And there are just more opportunities to get involved in lots of different mics. So you can find a different mic, find mics that you prefer and do well at and go to those. Whereas when I started, there were only two comedy open mics in Tulsa. That was it. Yeah. And there were only maybe like two monthly shows that you could get on. And so it was it was really tough to be a new comic back in like 2018, 2019 when I was starting yeah. out. So it's, um, I feel like it's a, uh, the scene's in a lot better place now than it was back then. Like I, I told the story on a couple of my, the older episodes, like I tried open mics at the Looney bin 15 years ago and I did two shows and I had a friend that was like booking people for the open mics and stuff like that. And 
you know, long story story short, he told me not to come back. They were offended by like a joke I did. And it was honestly just his story. It wasn't anything the Looney Man did. And I didn't know that for 15 years. I thought I was banned. So I just gave up comedy. Mm-hmm. So at that yeah. time, that was the only spot in Tulsa was Looney Bin. So if I thought I wasn't welcome there, I just gave up comedy. Yeah. And uh, so it wasn't until last year that I went out to an open mic that Katie Styles did and just tried to see if I can get the jitters out and see if I still had it. And I had a lot of fun. And this year is where I've really just gone full bore into my comedy and just gone, you know, no stepping back, no looking back. So, yeah, it took 15 years. And like that change in the scene is drastic. Like going from just one mic and being, you know, thinking you're banned from the whole cut the city for a while to now there's open mics everywhere. There's shows. There's so much talent here. And not only that, but the community has been super supportive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can't, I, I can't um, thank Tulsa enough. It's been really supportive of me and the show. Yeah, that's one of the reasons we actually had to move insult attack to the 14th because april 7th had too many comedy shows i think there were if i would have which that would have never been an issue in the past there were if i would have kept it on the 7th there would have been i think four comedy shows in one night which yeah. is too many so but you're getting, I, sorry about that <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i was like because i mean my insult attack takes a lot of people because i gotta have three judges and then at least five roasters so i gotta have at least eight people available just to put on the show. And I mean, it's so many people were saying, Oh, I'm already on another show that night. Sorry. I'm already. So it's like, after a while, I was like, wait a minute, yeah. how many shows are there on this night? I was like, okay, yeah, there are three already. I don't need to be. Before yeah. I, I did not even see that. I was double booked for that night. I didn't even see the dates. And I was like, Oh shit. Uh, Cause they had the, the, like you said, the fresh faces of comedy or whatever coming up that, uh, that seventh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like yeah, I, I'm grateful that you, you had it on the 14th. Cause yeah, there's like you said, there's so many, so many comments you have to get booked for your show that yeah so but that's but that's kind of like why i started insult attack in a way was to make it a big show that everyone could feel like they were a part of people who are new to comedy people who don't even do comedy i mean we've had we i've had people do insult attack who don't do stand-up really at all and they like just did insult attack a few times and did great and so it's yeah that's why i wanted it to be like just a big open show that a lot of people could get, could have fun and, you know, get their name on a poster and have like, like a fun, a fun, like a, a real show atmosphere and bring friends and family out to a, a fun comedy thing that they, cause I mean, for, from my experience, like I, I did open mics for almost two years before I got invited to do an actual show. Yeah. That's how few shows there were. And that's how hard it was to get on a show back when I was starting out. And I mean, I, and also like, I was definitely not, ready to do an actual show in 2018 so i'm glad i wasn't invited because it very likely could have gone poorly and would have been not a fun experience but yeah i feel like that was one of the reasons i started insult attack because i was like if i don't start this myself there's i mean if there's only going to be two roast battle shows a year i mean what's the likelihood of me getting invited to be do one i'm just going to start this myself and get it going that way props to you man uh because it's it's paying off. I, I, I mean, hopefully for you. <laughs> but I mean, as far as like, just like what the crowd experience is and like me, like I said, performer doing it, it's it's a fun show. It's a great concept. And yeah, I can't speak the praises of it enough. It's a great show. Well, thank you. And it's, it's kind of a way, I, it's kind of a way to give back to the scene, I feel like, because there's, it's a way to create stage time for people and get people out there and get them interested in a different style of comedy. Because like you said, like there's, there's normal stand up and then there's roasting and it is there's some similarities but it is different and roast battling it's a whole different kind of thing and 
yeah, this is a, I, I feel like it's one of the ways I give back to the scene. Cause I don't, I don't actually like get paid to do insult attack by anybody, even though some people have told me that I need to start doing it somewhere or this place or charging something. But I'm like, well, at the same time, I mean, Renaissance has been a great venue. They provide the speakers, the space, they give us a bunch of sample tickets that I can give the performers so they can get their first beer for free. So it's, I'm, I'm definitely not doing it for the money. I'm just, I'm doing it for, for the Tulsa comedy community. Sure, man. Um, as you can see from my, my set and everything, like there, there's been some some money put in this stuff, but, but like you know, I'm not getting paid yet. <laughs> uh, nothing's coming from the show yet. Uh, we're trying to just really push it and just try to get as many people we can on here and just give as many spotlights as we can to all the multiple performers. So like, I really appreciate that when people that put on their own their own shows and try to give back. I could kind of see the similarities of what I'm trying to do here and you know it's nice it's just great to see the community grow in and with great people so props to you man if you had to say what like what's your best uh or biggest inspiration for comedy who's your favorite stand-up or favorite roast battler if you had to say who are some I watch a lot of different comedy um like uh, i was looking at the the bricktown tulsa calendar lavelle crawford's coming to town i think yes the end of june i really like the, like i wouldn't say i have like a a favorite comic or anything but there's definitely like a short list of people who if they come to Tulsa I'm absolutely going yeah he's he's one of my favorites Mark Norman's one of my favorites I got to see Sam Morell at Kane's a few nice ago. he was great uh Ron on Hirschberg I got to, he got he was actually a judge at insult attack at Blue Whale and nice then, and then I got to see him do his set at Blue Whale and it was just it, it blew me away how funny it was and just how how many laughs per minute he could get out of the crowd like i've never really seen anyone just like hit a crowd that hard that many times for that long it was really uh incredible thing to see he's definitely one of my favorites as well so you brought up blue blue whale how you said you how many how many times have you done blue whale i've done it twice so i did it back in 2019 as a stand-up performer so i got to be on the the local showcase that's part of the blue whale back then and then last year i got asked to put on insult attack as part of blue whale Okay. So we did we did an insult attack at Lowdown downtown um, as part of like a late night after party show okay. on Friday night, which that was a fun one because we got to have um, a couple some of the touring comics who were in town for Blue Whale beyond the judges panel, which was fun. And doing it at Lowdown was um, interesting because I'd, I'd only I'd only ever done it at Renaissance, and the show was really successful. I mean, we sold the tickets sold out for oh, nice. that show. Yeah, they sold individual tickets to it from on, I guess, Eventbrite or whatever. And yeah, they sold over a hundred tickets or so. And I mean, they were turning people away at the door. And it was, yeah, it was definitely the um, the biggest crowd that's ever seen an insult attack. Nice man. Mm -hmm. Uh, congrats, by the way. Thanks. Like, uh, it's just, it's it's just so cool to see uh. When I see comedians and I have comedians on here that have been doing it longer than me, and honestly, most of the people that are on the show have been doing it longer than me. <laughs> I'm still new to this scene. Uh, I try to take away just from the stories. It's just it's nice and it's it's inspiring to me personally to hear everybody's stories and how they've done their first shows or what shows they've done and like hearing just the the behind the scenes and like the jitters or just how you got through it stuff like that. I love that. So, uh. Again, it's just nice for every time I get a guest in here to really hear those experiences and hear where you guys have been. Yeah, so the very first time I ever tried stand-up was at the Gypsy Coffee House. 
Okay. This was back in like October. I think it was October 2017. So the very first time I ever thought about doing stand-up was back when I lived in Houston. And I think it was like summer of 2016. Okay. And during that time, I was a stay-at-home dad. My daughter, she, my wife and I, we both tried working full-time and having our daughter in daycare. And then, but she was getting sick a lot of daycare. And so after she turned one, I quit my job and my wife worked full-time. And so I was just hanging out with my daughter all the time. And she would take a nap every day in the afternoon because she was only one. Yeah. And I would just have like this block of time where I'd just kind of be hanging out. And then I kind of started like writing about and journaling kind of about my experiences because my life changed so much because I went from being having no kid and working full time to then working full time, but having a kid but to not working and just focusing on the kid yeah. being a stay at home dad. And I, it was kind of it was an interesting experience because it's. It was, I mean, I was usually, a lot of times I would go to these kids things. And I would be literally the only male there. It would all be like moms and in Houston. There are a lot of nannies who take care of the kids, which is kind of different, but yeah, I was kind of, uh, I was going through kind of some life changes and seeing the world from an interesting perspective, a new perspective that I'd never seen it before. So I kind of tried writing some com comedic material and I thought about doing an open mic and I, I wish I had gotten started then because the Houston scenes I didn't, I was never a part of it, but it is a really great scene and they have some really great clubs there and whatnot, but I didn't actually get around to doing stand-up for the first time until I moved to Tulsa and I got really, I really got inspired to finally go for it. We cut back in the summer of 2017 because I got to go to New York city mm -hmm. for a work, for a work training. So I was in New York for like a week and my wife and daughter were back home. So I would have quite a bit of free time in yeah. the evenings. So what I would do is I would go to the comedy cellar and just watch stand-up comedy shows because I mean, that's, it was, it was those shows at the comedy cellar are some of the best comedy shows in the entire world you can go to. I mean, just big name comedians, up and comers, just absolutely killing it. So I was spending a lot of time at the comedy cellar almost every night going and watching all these comedians do it. And I was having so much fun watching the shows and you could tell the performers were having so much fun doing it. And I was, I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. I feel like I could pull this off. And then I also at that time was also kind of a blessing because I was going through training during the day. And some of these trainings were kind of things that I already knew or didn't really apply to my role. Yeah. I had some kind of like, I could kind of zone out and just kind of like write comedy material in my notebook for, you know, a couple hours during the yeah. day while I was at these meetings, which was kind of funny because I would be like, there would be like a speaker or some sort of PowerPoint. And I would be like, people would see me like furiously taking notes <laughs> on a pad of paper. And they're like, wow, you were really into that presentation. Like, whoa, man. I was like, oh yeah, I'm actually like, um, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I've got a lot. I got a lot out of it when really I was writing a bunch of different. I was writing like my first couple sets and jokes and stuff like that. And so then by the time I got back to Tulsa from that time in New York, I had like, a you know, some a notebook of some stuff. And then I felt really inspired to finally give it a shot. And yeah, I, the way I got over the nerves is I I called up my two of my cousins I was like, hey, you guys want to go get some go to the gypsy tonight and hang out? I didn't tell him I was going to do stand up until oh, I shit. went to, yeah. So I was like, I'll tell, I was like, yeah, I'll pick you guys up. 
And so I went and I picked him up and then I told him what I was going to do. And I did that because I knew if I went there by, by myself, there was like a decent chance I would wimp out. Yeah. But I knew if I took, if I told my cousins what I was going to do and I took them with me that I wouldn't want to look like a wimp. And I, I figured they would push me to do it. Yeah. So yeah, I signed, I went to the gypsy. It was a, a mixed mic. I'm not sure if they even still do it, but they did back then. And so you could sign up. And so I signed up. And then I get, they call my name and I go up there and the guy's like, okay, you've got, and he tells me you've got 15 minutes. Wow. 15 so minutes like, for you starting out. Yeah. I, I had no idea you would, they would give you 15 minutes. So I was just like, I, I told him like, no, I'm going to do like five minutes. Yeah. I'm definitely not doing 15. And so I kind of just like nervously read jokes directly off my phone for five minutes and people smiled and laughed a little bit and it went well enough that I thought, you know, I'll give this a try again. And then I got more serious about going once a week to open mics starting in at the beginning of 2018. That's such a difference from, so like not my first experience because I was a loony bin 15 years ago, but like when I came back to comedy and tried to get my, my, see if I could still do it or still wanted to do it. Uh, last year I did the open mic with Katie Styles hosted up the Tulsa comedy club. She, oh, okay. one. uh, and right before I was one of the last three people that were on the list right before the last three, she gets a note from the club and they go, Hey, the last three people we're going to have to cut off a minute each. So you're only gonna get four minutes up next, Jared, Ralphie Allen. And like, it's like literally like right before I have to go up, I have to cut a minute off. Like as I'm walking up, I'm like, Oh shit. Mm. So like, that was my first time coming back in 14 years of the time. And I yeah. still got through the four minutes. It was rough. It was rough as shit. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but at least I got the jitters out. And I had a fun time and it was a learning experience to always be prepared. So like now I have stuff in my notes just for like timing. And like, I have my notes set for like each minute I can shave off. I don't know. I try to be like a little bit more co uh, cognizant about it, about what can be shaved, what can be trimmed, what can be expanded. Uh, so it was a great learning experience for my first time back. Mm -hmm. uh, and it didn't stop me from coming back the, you know, the following year and everything like that. That was in like December of last year. And then January is where I really launched and loading meat. Yeah, as just the production studio and the podcast and everything. Uh, and I've really just tried to just not stop since then. And I think you're going to be episode 11 now on the show. Oh, okay. Uh, so again, thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a similar thing happen to me recently at a, at a show. I, I was originally contacted about doing 15 minutes. So I got all my 15 minutes set ready and then I get there and they're like, okay, you're doing 10 minutes. Ooh. I was like, well, Okay, so I had to kind of like like really quickly like figure out what I should cut, yeah. and I mean, yeah. Luckily, it was luckily my sets or most of my jokes are like thirty seconds. The longest joke is like maybe two minutes. Yeah. So I can it's yeah. Luckily, I'm able to cut stuff pretty pretty easily. But yeah, yeah. I've had that happen, and it's yeah. When you're ready for when you're when you when you really dial it in, and you're like, okay, I've got this amount of time ready to go, and then suddenly it changes. It can really like throw you off mentally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had it happen at. The Looney bin, it was just because they were so there were so many people that signed up. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're like, Hey, there's so many people, we're gonna cut everybody to four minutes. And they told us well ahead, like, we had 30 minutes to prepare and stuff like that, so it wasn't anything bad at all. Uh, but because of the previous experience I had from that one open mic, I was already ready. So, like, as soon as she said that, I was like, Okay, cool. And I just went on my notes and I was like, Click, 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 done. Like, I just kind of knew where I could shape it. Uh, and that was just an open mic that I threw up out there. and Honestly, I had a great set so much. That I was like, you know what? F it. I'm just going to throw it up on YouTube and just put it out for a Will Blue Whale submission. Just have fun with it. I thought it was a good set. I had a good time. And 
I don't think you can even tell that it was shaved before from five minutes to four minutes. Uh, it was just nice. It was a, it was comfortable, but I wouldn't have gotten that experience or that comfortability if it hadn't been from the thing they have in a Katie Styles open mic mm-hmm. and being prepared for that. So yeah, I just love every time I go there trying to learn something. <laughs> yeah, it's all a learning experience. And we gotta get. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you were able to to get a good video and submit it. I think. Yeah, one thing that I think a lot of new comics, I hopefully they know this. Like, I guess the first the first step to like getting, I mean, getting somewhere after doing once you start doing okay at open mics, the next thing you should focus on is getting a good five minute video. Yeah, because then once you get the five minute video, then you could submit to festivals. You could even submit it to comedy clubs if you want to try and get into hosting at comedy clubs. That's yeah. an option. Is this? Yeah, that's the, the the first thing. Other than the first thing you should do, I try and do is fill five minutes where people are laughing consistently. And then once yeah. you get that down, it's time to film it. So then you have physical proof that you're someone that is trustworthy on stage. Yeah. Which, which matters. And yeah, and you can start getting to festivals and whatnot. And yeah, we haven't done a tape. There hasn't been a taping show in Tulsa in a while. It might actually be time to do that here pretty soon. I mean, I guess Blue Whale submissions cut end here in a couple months. So if people don't already have a video, they need to get on that. But yeah, yeah in the past, we'd... um there would be every like once a year there would be like a taping show where people they, everyone would know like okay we're gonna put a really nice camera in the back and we're gonna chop everyone's setup and email it but you know I, I never organized any of those but uh, that would be that's something if someone is thinking about doing that now would be a good time to do it for people who don't have a video and um, submit to something like Blue Whale. This episode of Unloading Meat is not brought to you by your favorite money saving website like honey i guess that's what you would describe it as i don't know mr beast just advertises the shit out of it all the time um i mean i wish i had a discount on all this shit that i bought behind me i'm broke as hell now buying all this shit and i knew you know i do look like i eat a lot of honey piglet okay what was i doing Uh, um if you guys are tired of these fake ads make sure to reach out to your favorite sponsors like honey and tell them to sponsor this fat ass unloading meat. Now back to the show. So so yeah, let's go about th- through that. So like, what are your some of your famous bombs that you had on stage? I think the worst the worst bomb that really sticks out in my mind. This was this one really hurt. So this was this was summer of 2020, okay. which was one of the worst summers made probably in American history. They'll probably yeah, look back yeah. on it. So yeah. Everyone was angry. I mean, like everything was shut down for the um, the most part. I mean, the uh, there were protests about people were angry about the police. People were angry about the pandemic. People were angry at the government, and so and nobody was able to really do comedy. It really shut down. And the first open mic that tried to come back was the first shop. And they tried, they started doing, um, doing it outdoors. Cause I don't know if right. you've been to the first shop, but they do have a big stage outdoors. I haven't been there and, yet. No. Oh, okay. So yeah, first shop. Yeah. They have a, it's, they have an indoor area where they used to have an open mic in there. And then they also have a big outdoor stage. And because this was the middle of the pandemic, 2020, people were still very concerned about COVID. So sure. they started doing it outdoors, but um, nobody had really been practicing. So this was like July. And I mean, every, most people had stopped doing comedy in March of 2020. So everyone was rusty for four months and just kind of like 
you don't know what's funny anymore. You don't know what's going on. The national mood is furious or people are not happy. So I finally, so they, they say, okay, we're going to start doing this outdoors. The first shop you can sign up, you have to sign up. We're only doing like five people. Uh, you got to bring your own microphone. So it's like, I had to like borrow a microphone from a guy. Cause I didn't want to like buy one. Cause I was like, I don't know if I, I mean, I was like, I'll just borrow one. Yeah. And so I get up there. So I've got my material and like, I haven't done comedy for four months. So I'm like really hungry to get to try and get back into it in one way, one shape or another. So I'm kind of, I'm all excited. Like, Oh, finally I get to get back on stage and see some of my friends who I haven't seen in like four months, people I was used to seeing, you know, at least once a week and getting back out there a little bit. So I, I arranged to borrow a microphone. I get on, I email the host, I get on the show and I'm like, okay, this is, I'll get up there and do it. And so I get out there and they had a decent turnout. There were maybe like a couple tables of a dozen or so people, but doing comedy outdoors in the light is people say that's the hardest possible situation to to do comedy in like you want a small dark room so this was outdoors the sun was still out you want people to be close together everyone was spread out i mean people are wearing masks people are feeling uncomfortable being around other people social distancing yeah everyone is angry about everything going on life in general and the police and the government and everything and so i get up there and i'm so excited and I just eat shit for five minutes. Like nobody, I mean, people didn't laugh at like almost anything. And I mean, it, it was rough. And I mean, it, it was, it, it hurt. It hurt because I was so excited for it and it went so poorly. And I had to talk to people to borrow a microphone and all this stuff. And then I think the worst part about it was that that was like the only mic you could do. So like, Previously, when I bombed, and I was bombing a lot in 2018 and 2019, yeah. like I would bomb and it, it hurt, but then I knew, oh, I'll, I'll just come back next week and maybe I'll do better next week. Sure. I'll get that. I'll put it behind me. But this it's like the middle of the pandemic. They're like no mics. So like I bomb and then like, I don't get to go on stage again yeah. for like months. So I just get to like sit in this, like oh. thinking back, like the last time I did stand up, it sucked. And like, I didn't get to go back on stage again until probably at least a month or two later. So one of the things you might not know and people who weren't doing comedy back then is that there started to be these kind of like backyard front porch stand-up shows. Like Dustin DeVore hosted one at his house or a couple with Zach Amon. Was yeah, I had, I, I had Zach on a, on the show yesterday and he was talking okay. about his porch. He was talking yeah. about the porch shows? Yeah. Those were actually a lot of fun. Like those were so, so much fun. Especially, I mean, during the pandemic, it was just so hard on everyone. And to be able to like just go over to someone's house and just joke around just yeah. felt so good. And the fact that he opened up the outside of his house, we never, I never went inside his house during those times, but yeah. yeah, he put me on one of his porch shows. I think he had at least, I think he may have had three or four of those, but it was just so much fun to go just watch those. And then I got to do one of the porch shows and the porch show went a lot better than the outdoor open mic. Mainly oh, because uh, yeah. Was like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a real show. It was at night people were closer together. People were a little more chilled out at that point in the summer. People had kind of figured out ways to kind of deal with different pandemic restrictions and whatnot. And yeah, that, that was, that was a lot of fun. So I definitely want, that was um, a really helpful thing that those guys did to help keep the comedy scene 
kind of still going during a time when very, very few people wanted to do indoor or anything. Yeah. They opened up, they allowed people to come to their houses and it was fun to do those shows or go watch those shows. And then afterwards it was just kind of a big hangout, fun party time in the backyard, which those were fun. Yeah. I mean, I would rather take that than the other, the open venue that you had from the the, the way that it was. I mean, I'm sure that the venue is great. It's just the way that the circumstances were. Yeah. I think they may have done it one more time outdoors, but it was just like, like nobody, like almost nobody was getting laughs, no matter yeah. what they did, just because it was just, it was just kind of, a, it was just an awkward setup with everyone spread out outdoors with the sun still up. Yeah. That's like, it's, it's, it's really hard for you. Not the ideal, uh, place for comedy <laughs> no no i mean it was definitely doing comedy on the hardest setting possible basically so yeah, yeah i mean I'm, I'm glad that they tried to get it going again i'm really grateful for those guys who used to host fur shop and run yeah. that venue and that mic that was a really fun time that's just that was the last time i really really ate it my most famous or the infamous or the worst burn or uh what is it called uh bomb bomb yeah yeah bomb the worst bomb I ever had was a week before my show, my first showcase in February. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try out some new material for the show. I'm going to try out uh, one of my stories and try to punch it up. And I'm going to test it out as open mic. And I wasn't confident in the material. Wasn't confident in the story first off. So I get up there and just completely eat shit. The story's not going well. And then in the middle of it, I think I'm offending people. Like I felt like this shift, like where I wasn't getting laughed, and I'm I suffer from depression, anxiety, and panic attacks. So about halfway through the story, I'm like, oh shit, am I offending people? And as soon as that popped into my head, anxiety attack, panic attack happened. Uh, and I have it live on stage. I hand the mic to Roscoe. I run to the bathroom and throw up in the fucking cellar bathroom. Like it just hit me. And it wasn't anything about bombing or anything. It was just I, like that thought of like, am I offending people? And it, I wasn't. Um, nobody even remembered my fucking story or was set. And Roscoe was like, it wasn't even that bad. It just wasn't a good story. I was like, yeah, I understand. I need to. It needs some work. It just. I walked in with no confidence, and that was my you know nail in the coffin ah. in that story. And yeah, once I thought that uh, I possibly was offending people with my joke or anything like that, immediately just tanked. Yeah, that's one thing I kind of learned, at least about myself, when I started doing comedy, was that I, I started, I started trying to do longer jokes and longer stories and stuff like that. And then, yeah, if, if they started going poorly, it would kind of like derail my whole set. So yeah. I've kind of like, as a coping mechanism, most of my stuff is like thirty seconds to a minute or so because it, it goes poorly. If it goes poorly, and then I can, I'm instantly shifting to something else because yeah, when yeah, I was that... first starting out. When I was first starting out, I would get like a minute into something and like no one's laughed at anything in a full minute. And I'm just like, oh, no, <laughs> this is yeah. that's that's uh, yeah, I know that feeling and it is not fun. You know, I still had a good showcase the week after that. Um, I forgot like a minute of my fucking shit halfway through. So I only did like eight and a half minutes, but I still had a good thing. And I don't think that the crowd noticed and it was a good show. Yeah. Uh, and again, learning experiences, man, you got to chalk it up and just learn from it. Yeah, there, there is a storytelling scene in tulsa i don't know if you're aware like okay this group's called okay so and they I'm put not. on story they call they put on storytelling shows okay so the whole show it's not about comedy necessarily it's just about storytelling so that that is something that i mean it not all stories are funny even good yeah. ones so i mean that's so that could be a place for you to try out this story or other stories you may have is to, to get involved with okay so 
because eventually I would love to get some stories going in my comedy. Just like, you know, the, I mean, there's a lot of great standups that are great master storytellers. Um, and I would love to inspire to be like that. Eventually I'm not there. So it's something to strive for. But uh, like you said, I, I kind of have dialed in my comedy more as far as last per minute and stuff like that. And just try to make sure that I'm covered to where I don't have so much invested in one section of my jokes that if it doesn't go well, my whole set's fucked. <laughs> yeah 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 you don't want to risk it all on yeah you don't want to plan a five minute story for a five minute open mic and then you yeah. get two minutes into it and it's gone poorly because then you have no or if you, you better have a backup plan or completely cut it off which yeah. i have seen people completely cut stuff off before which is kind of funny when they do that and acknowledge that it's not working but yeah yeah it's it's yeah at least from my perspective i think it's 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 for open mic sets, I'd recommend people try and do things in short chunks and try things out. And then if something worked, maybe expand on the stuff that worked because yeah, you don't want to get you don't want to spend four minutes on something that's that's not working. And also I just gotta say, please, if anybody's thinking about trying open mics or doing something new uh, or you know, trying comedy for the first time doing these open mics, remember that an open mic is not a show. It's a place to try out new shit. I mean, what well, within reason, there's gonna be rules and stuff like that, but like have fun try out the new shit you know see if it works if it doesn't work it's a learning experience but don't take it like it's like a be all end all this is a fucking show at Madison square garden like uh, i used to feel yeah at the beginning when i first started doing comedy yeah i would get all worked up about it but part yeah. of it is because well i started i started doing comedy on, on, at first shop on mondays and then back in 2018 and, and those guys did a really great job of making it feel like a real show i mean it felt like a big deal because i mean there would be 20 20 people would sign up for it and then there would be like 20 people just watching or maybe even more i mean they'd really fill the room and the, the lighting the lighting felt like a real show a real stage so i mean it, i would put a little yeah i would get pretty worked up about it back then yeah. but now now i have so much fun doing open mics just because there's no pressure it's just yeah i get i don't get really i don't get nervous about open mics anymore i get nervous about shows especially yeah. paid shows and shows that people are paying to watch but open mics that's just a time to practice try new stuff try out as many joke ideas as you can in five minutes yeah. just see what works see what doesn't riff a little bit just get up there and focus on having a fun time and making people laugh yeah work on the energy work on the, the, the laughs per minute have great interaction with the crowd i mean just try to dial that shit in and have fun is what I try to do. And I try to really try to go in there and not feel so much pressure on myself on these open mics as I used to when I was, I mean, I'm still, like I said, I'm still fucking new, but like I'm trying to go in there with a mindset now of like, have fun, have fun, have fun. Like, and I know for me personally, it's just, if I, if I have fun, I think it's going to, the audience is going to feel it. They're going to see oh, it. Yeah. They're gonna see I'm having fun. And it's just going to make my set a little bit better for me personally. Yeah, that's a huge part of stage presence is the audience knowing that you're enjoying being up there as well and yeah. you're feeling comfortable because if you if you start feeling uncomfortable and they can pick up on that and then they start feeling uncomfortable and then it becomes kind of a weird thing unless you acknowledge yep. it and then you got to yeah, get back into the groove. And then you're halfway through the story then you go and throw up in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that can happen. But yeah, I, I, it's, it's really important for people to get out there and do these open mics and really, really feel comfortable with their material because now nowadays you can get booked really quickly compared to back when I started and you want to be ready. Like you don't want to get booked. You don't like bombing an open mic is completely fine. I mean, that's what it's for. If you go up there and 
don't get a single laugh or you only get a couple laughs, it's no big deal. It's the open mic. That's the time to to fail is fail there. It's like practice. You you practice sure. there. That way, when you get into a real game, which is like a show, if you screw up doing a real show. I mean, that's a much bigger deal and can yeah. kind of screw up the show and piss people off. But yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely recommend people. Yeah, I mean, you want to. I'm I'm glad I didn't get booked. I'm glad I didn't get booked until I was almost two years in, because when I was finally booked, I was ready. So I, yeah. I, I had eaten. I'd gotten all the. I'd gotten a lot of the bombing out of the way, and so I was I was ready to. I could go up with confidence and know that everything I was saying at that first show had been tested at multiple open mics. Yeah. So I could feel confident that it was almost certainly going to work out. Um. Are you going out tonight good. to the Tulsa Comedy Club, or are you doing any open mics tonight? I don't think – no, I'm not going to be able to make it out tonight, unfortunately. Okay. But, yeah, I did go out on Wednesday and did Hunt Club, nice. followed by Starlight. So I, I've kind of chosen Wednesday night to be more of my night because that way I can do two open mics back-to-back, which is a good way for me to get some some good, good stage time and test yeah. out some new stuff. Twice in one night. I'm trying to figure out my night. Like, it's like Mondays and Tuesdays I can't do because I don't have my kids. Uh, mm-hmm. So like Wednesdays and Thursdays and then every other weekend I try to be out. I mean, in all honesty, if you really like this show, Unloading Meat, you will reach out to your favorite DoorDash or Uber Eats company and tell them to sponsor the show. Because it's kind of like a Mr. B situation where I spend so much fucking money on food being a fat ass that if they were to sponsor the show... Somehow that money would go directly back into the show in a weird way. So, yeah, get us a sponsorship. Now back to the show. Fortunately, now there are open mics almost every night of the week for the most yeah. part. So you um, do have options where in the past it was it was Monday. You want to go Monday or Wednesday one night, and then there was there, there was a Tuesday one, but that was a really tough one. So, yeah, um, fortunately, we're blessed with a lot more open mics now. We talked about it a little. We t- we touched on it a little bit, but you had the show of the Canes, man. Oh yeah, yep. Con- I, I just want to say personally, congrats, because like that was a a master success, man. Like you guys oh, did thanks. awesome. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, that talk was about great, that yeah. Talk about that experience a yeah. little bit. Yes. Yeah, so David Bates and Zach Amon put that one together. I think it was David's idea. I think he had been looking for a venue to put on a big show, and he was able to get in touch with Canes about doing a side stage show. And then Zach helped him organize that and and book people on the show. And so they approached me about doing the show and they're like, yeah, we're doing a show Canes side stage. And I was like, whoa, okay. Cause there had been, I think there had been some shows at Canes side stage, I think maybe in 2019, I think they'd done a few there, but there hadn't been, so it'd been quite a few, quite a while since there had been a, a, a local comedy show at Kane's side stage. So I was excited about the opportunity to maybe start bringing local comedy back to the Kane's ballroom, which is an incredible venue. Yeah. So yeah, they were like, yeah, can you do, you can do 15 minutes and it's going to be a free show on a Friday night and hopefully people will show up. And so I was thinking like, okay, great. I mean, I, I had seen people do comedy at Kane's side stage as part of blue whale. Yeah. So I was familiar with the venue and I'd seen, I knew it was good. It was a good room for comedy. Um, yeah, stage is in the corner and nice. Okay, it's yeah, it's in um, yeah, it's in the corner, not like in the middle. So it's like the, it's kind of like a diamond shape, which I think is a pretty good setup for comedy. So I was excited to do that show, and I was thinking, yeah, I mean, it's a free show on a Friday. I'm gonna be excited if we even get a hundred people to come out to this thing. So 
I, I, I talked to my wife about it. She's able, we were able to get a babysitter for my, for our daughter. And so she's able to come out with me. And so I show up to Kane's it's like doors at seven show at eight. So I walk into Kane's bar at like seven 15 and it's already like half full. Oh shit. So there were already like a hundred people in there at seven 15. So I was just like, Whoa. Okay. So this is going to be, this is going to be big. Yeah. Like, this is for real. Like the, like the best case scenario in my mind has already happened. So, I mean, I'm like, okay, so this is, yeah, this is for real. And so then I went to Empire Pizza next door to have some pizza with my wife. And so like, oh, I'll come back in 30 minutes. So I go over there and have some pizza. And I come back at like 7.45 to, to meet with everyone who's performing. And at that point, there were over 200 people. I mean, there were like no more seats yeah. left at this point. So I'm like, okay, it's really filling up. And then I the, the lineup, Garrett Barbie went first. And then I was going second. And while Garrett's performing, there are people, there are so many people in there. There are people on the back staircase. There are people in the hallway going to the up that leads to the bathroom. Damn. Like it's seriously like over capacity at that point. Like yeah, so it's I think the final count was like 308 people came out. Damn. Congrats, and, man. Yeah, it was uh, an awesome show. And yeah. Yeah, huge props for to to David and Zach and the Canes Ballroom for help making that a success. And yeah, I really appreciate Rick Clement coming out and filming it. So I got a really good video out of it and really great pictures. So it was one of the best shows I've ever done. I mean, it's definitely the it's the it was the biggest show I've ever done in terms of sheer number of people. Sure. Because like, it was very full when I did my when I did my set. So I got to perform for the full 300 and yeah, it was definitely one of, one of the best shows I've ever been a part of. Congrats, man. Like, honestly, it's a huge milestone. It's a great achievement, especially, I mean, it, it, it's a great landmark achievement to also have in the Tulsa comedy scene too. Like, I mean, not just from the people that perform, but also people like me on the outside. Uh, it's just something to aspire to. It's, it's, it's a great thing. So congrats, man. Thank you. Yeah. I think, I mean, that show was a, a big success for the, from the Canes Ballroom's perspective, I think. Like, I think they, I mean, obviously their whole goal is to bring people in and sell drinks. And I mean, yeah. they, the, the room was at maximum capacity and everybody was buying beers and whatnot. So yeah, I think Canes Ballroom definitely came out making some money on that show, which helps increase the possibility of more local Tulsa comedy events, hopefully at Canes Ballroom side stage that more people can be on it. I mean, I got to do it, so I'm not planning on doing it for a while. So this, yeah, gives opportunities for more people to have that really awesome stage time in front of a big crowd at a historic venue. Agreed. Yeah. Guys, I think it's time that we cut to the preheat. The preheat. And as Ooh, always on the preheat, guys, if you want to send in your submissions and let me read your horrible roast jokes or trollish comments about my appearance, you know, you can send them to unloadingme at gmail.com subject preheat. The caveat being, you have to include a picture of yourself so that I can retort. So that way, if you want me to read those horrible comments, you're going to get it back. And I thought, since we're promoting Insult Attack and the upcoming show on April 14th at 8 p.m., I thought we should include some footage from the last time I did Insult Attack and kind of show you guys a little bit, a little taste of what you can expect on April 14th. So, guys, enjoy a little bit of me and... The other performers on last month's Insult Attack right now. Jared looks like a lunch lady at a women's prison. No! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look like if Lemp Biscuit was a 
Christian rock group and only sang about faith. <laughs> what is about my vibe to bring up Christian shit? All right, judges. I, uh, I have to go with Alex on this one. I think he's the cutest. <laughs> it surprises me that it surprises you that people think you look like someone in a Christian band. <laughs> uh, I forgot which one of you is which. <laughs> And we're back. <laughs> Just like that. Movie magic. For us, it was nothing. Uh, Brian, where can everybody reach you guys? Reach you at? Where can, where can everybody find you at? So the easiest way to get in touch with me is probably by looking up my name on Facebook. Just Brian. I'm on, I'm on Facebook as Brian Biz. So B-R-I-A-N-B-I-Z. That's, that's an easy way to get in touch with me. Okay. Um, and then we have Insult Attack April 14th, right? Yep, April 14th, Renaissance Brewery, 8 p.m. We start pretty promptly after 8 p.m. So, yeah, feel free to show up a little early, have a beer, and then we usually get going about – I try and get it going about 8.05. Okay. And then do you have any other shows coming up in, in May or – I'm sorry, in April? Yes. In April, I'm going to be at Go Comedy Club in Broken Arrow. That's a Friday show on April 28th. And then I'm going to be at Mojitos on May 11th. Nice. That's a Thursday show. And then the next day after that, on May 12th, I'm going to be at Tulsa Comedy Club with for a, a fundraising show that Hugo Willie's putting together. Nice. nice. So I think it's either yeah. for his basketball team or maybe for like the women's football team. I'm not sure, but I think it's, I know he's a basketball coach. So maybe like for youth basketball or something or some other cause. So um, he just contacted me about that today. So nice. Yeah. So I've got some shows coming up. And then the May insult attack is probably going to be May 5th, possibly Cinco de Mayo. Or if that's not going to yeah. work, we might do it a different day. But yeah, the idea is to do Insult Attack every first Friday of the month, but we do sometimes have to adjust it. Yeah, just for the the, the competition, like oh, how many people are booked. And it, like you said earlier, like how many people you have to book on your Insult Attack too. Yeah. Uh, just the caveats and everything. But again, uh, I think it's great that you work and you're one of the people that also works with other venues and other uh bookings and stuff like that and makes those adjustments because it's just better for the Tulsa community as a whole. Just me personally as a performer, it helped me out, gave me two shows. So thank you. So I just, I always appreciate people that are willing to kind of bend a little bit because it helps out the community as a whole. So I, again, I'm very grateful for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I'm, I'm grateful. Fortunately, Renaissance Brewing Company was able to, to have that flexibility. So yeah, it's uh thank uh, yeah, it's, Thank uh, them too. Luckily, yeah. they, were, yeah, luckily they have, Luckily, they have that availability, and we're willing to to schedule on somewhat short notice. Because I'm sure, yeah, some venues are probably really hard asses about. Well, we, you said you would do it this night, and now you're not, and it becomes a whole thing. But yeah, they're very easygoing. Which is well, man, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. It really means a lot. Uh, I look forward to April 14th, the insult attack. Uh, I look forward to getting my ass roasted left and right by some great comedians. Uh, anything else you want to add or share with my, my viewers? No, that's about it. Just keep supporting local comedy. A thank you to everyone who comes out to the open mics, hosts shows, hosts mics, comes out to watch, comes out to watch Insult Attack, comes out to be a roaster at Insult Attack. And if you ever want to be a roaster at Insult Attack, just send me a message or talk to me in person. I'd be happy to have anyone and any, everyone. Everyone gets a chance at Insult Attack. You can 
if you want to do it, I'll let you go for it. That's how the show works. Well, thank you, man. And again, thank you for being on Unloading Meat. Uh, again, means a lot. Uh, guys, this has been Brian Bizjack. I am Jared Ralphie Allen. Thank you so much. Take care.